Jesus Joy that I greet you on this Sunday morning. And I pray that you know just how blessed you are because this is the day the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be. Now, if you're glad about it, I want you to give God some praise in this place for he has been good to each and every one of us. And to all of our guests, I just want to echo that we are so glad that you are with us in person and online. We thank God for you as we continue in our series, Learning from the Word of God, Learning from the Church in Acts. We continue in our series forward as we look at Acts chapter 6. So if you would just join me there on your, in your copy of God's Word, turn on your Bibles or turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 6, where our message from the morning will be coming from. I'll begin reading at the first verse, and the Word of God declares, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith." Let's look back at that first verse again. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. Somebody say a complaint arose. You didn't say it like you know it. Let me try it again. So go ahead and say a complaint arose. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want us to, to look and receive the message that God has for us, Doug, on this morning with this thought in our minds as we continue to move forward as a church, that we move from complaint to compassion. That we, as the body of Christ, move from complaint to compassion. Pray with me. Holy Father, we're humbled in your presence as we bow in reverence of your holiness, as we turn our attention to your word, we ask, Father, that you would continue to do a transforming work in all of our lives, that our hearts, our minds, our very lives become receptive soil for the seed of your word, that it might produce fruit in our lives for your glory, and that as your church, we move and compassion, declaring that Jesus Christ still saves. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
Anthony begins by saying, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in numbers. You know, a lot has been happening in these days. Not just here um, in the book of Acts, but I'm talking about here in Champion Forest Baptist Church, Jersey Village. A lot has been happening in these days. Let me bring you back to earlier in the week. For earlier this week, um, uh, particularly on Wednesday, on Wednesday we were here, uh, the staff and I, and we were, we were doing our, our daily work as we serve the body of Christ and serve the church, and somebody came to the office. This person, Alice, who came to the office uh, wasn't scheduled to come. He wasn't um, on anybody's agenda. He wasn't in the calendar of appointments, but he came nonetheless. He came in the office, and he had a demand on his mind. He uh, wanted to be baptized. Now, it wasn't Sunday. It wasn't um, any particular service going on. But this young man came into the office unscheduled with one desire, Greg, on his mind, and that was he wanted to be baptized. You see, uh, he had a Christian friend. Christian friend had been ministering to him, and through the love of his Christian friend, he was led to Christ. You're going to get this in a moment. Uh, he was led to Christ because of the love of a Christian friend who didn't look like him, didn't come from where he came from, wasn't a part of his ethnicity, didn't have his culture, and yet loved him enough to lead him to Christ. And when they looked up, they saw a Baptist church, pulled in the parking lot and said, uh, I, I have to be baptized. So I brought him into the office and sat him down, began to learn a little bit about his story, went through Bible study, and we, we prayed together. And at the end, uh, he, uh, he said, um, but I, I need to be baptized today. Uh, I said, um, I inquired. I did. I inquired. I said, well, well you know, um, um, Sunday, we could schedule it for Sunday. He said, he said no, um, I'm committed to Christ today, so I need to be baptized Amen. today. It wasn't Sunday, it wasn't on the schedule, um, but uh, because of the love of another Christian that led him to, to fall in love with Christ, uh, he came to the church office to be baptized. So on Wednesday, with, with no choir and no praise team and no congregation, the staff gathered in this sanctuary and we baptized Chris because he was led to Christ. We got up there, he was led to Christ because a Christian friend loved him enough to lead him. Come here, saints of God. Because what we see in the opening of this text is the church, the disciples were increasing. I want you to get this for a moment. Because sometimes we read past that too quickly because the reason the disciples were increasing was because everybody who was a disciple was involved in church growth. You missed it. Let me, let me go back. Um, and rewind, then press play. The, the disciples were increasing, which means that the disciples who made up the early church had to take seriously the command of Christ when he declared to the disciples after the resurrection that all authority in heaven and earth was given unto him, and we were to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that he had commanded. And he said, Lo, I will be 
with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Hear me very well, saints of God, that the participation in church growth is not just the Holy Spirit descending upon the church, it's the church willingness to leave the sanctuary of the church, go out in the community, and bring others to the church. I know it's tight, but it's right. Because what we see here and what we learn in the outset is that we have a responsibility to participate in the growth of the faith community. We have a young man who became a part of the faith community, and as a result of it, this church increased. And I just, just want to ask in the opening of our time together around the Word of God, um, when was the last time you loved someone enough to lead them to Christ? When was the last time you, you led someone not just to Christ, but to see them baptized and began to disciple them? When was the last time you participated in church growth? In fact, I want to impress upon you that every time you walk in this place, that you ought to pray for a certain section and and see how God can use you to help fill the section that you pray for. Because anytime you see an open section, that is an opportunity for somebody else to become a part of the church and be a part of the discipled community. I hope you get this. Because as we move from conflict to compassion, we must get involved in church growth. Um, that's what we see. They, they increased. They increased in number. But then it tells us something here that is, is interesting as we look at it. It says, a complaint arose. Somebody say complaint. No, no, it's okay. You can say complaint. I'm not, I'm not judging you from complaining. I'm just reading what's in the text. A complaint arose. Wait a minute. A complaint arose in a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. A complaint arose. A complaint arose in a church that was uh, moving by the Holy Spirit. A complaint arose. They, they, were, they were participating in church growth. We know that because in chapter 1, they began with 120 members. The Holy Spirit descends upon them. They leave the place that they're in, go into the community, and 3,000 souls are added to the church. They see wonders and works and miracles, powerful preaching and testimony, and a complaint arose. So much was going on, Juan, in this church that, 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 that Luke stopped counting and by the fifth chapter he just said multitudes were a part of the church. And in the midst of all this blessing and all these people and all these baptisms, a complaint arose. In the church that is described that they were all on one accord of one mind and one faith, had everything in common, a complaint arose. You're not, you're not with me just yet here. That's interesting. And oftentimes when a complaint arises, the first thing we seek or think to do is to leave the setting. I'm telling you my own testimony. Because, you know, today is a, a unique day, a special day in my life. Happy birthday, Leonard. Uh, he says somewhere around here. There you are. Happy birthday, Leonard. I told you as a Baptist, you were sitting in the same seat. So now I, I look. 
I know where you are. Um, uh, but, but, but Leonard, I, I know it's, it's a special day for you and, and, and Dina celebrating, but this is a special day for me because, you see, this is October 10th. October 10th, um, 29 years ago on this very day, um, I remember that I was sitting in the back of an auditorium similar to this, McAllister Auditorium at Tulane University. Look at it. She already know where I'm going. Uh, Tulane University. I was sitting in the back, and I was in, a, I was in amongst a whole bunch of people, but I was alone. You ever been there? I was hoping to, hoping to be sitting in the back, uh, and there I was, and all of a sudden, as I'm sitting in the back, Doug, um, I hear a noise from behind me, a door open, and the light from the outside came on the inside of the auditorium that I was seated in, and I looked, and I saw a silhouette that arrested my attention. <laughs> came by the seat, um, and as smooth as I could, Dr. Al. She asked a question 29 years ago. She said, is this seat taken? And every, everything in me said, it is now. <laughs> Just trying to tell you how I grow. I've been trying to teach my children this, my boys. I'm trying to, trying to tell them how to do it. But anyway, I, I digress. So, um, and four years later, after, after this encounter, Kiana walks into my life. Four years later, we're, we're married. We're newlyweds. We're in love with each other, and we're in love with Christ. Uh, and so what we do as young Christian newlyweds, we join the church. We don't just join the church, Anthony. I, I could park there for a moment and just keep repeating that we joined the church, that we didn't just attend. No, no, no. You know what? I'm just, um, we, we, we joined the church, and we joined in ministry. We got actively involved. I mean, I'm telling you, if there was a ministry, we was a part of it, Kim. Uh, we were part of, 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 the, of the couple's ministry. We were part of the, they let me be a deacon, uh, deacon and, and deaconess ministry. We were part of the choir. We, we were part of everything we could be about. We led the student ministry. And then we hit a season in our marriage where, where we were suffering great loss and, and, and great, great hurt um, as a result of conditions that were happening in our own personal testimony. And, and this pastor who was generally overwhelmingly kind and overwhelmingly considerate, all of a sudden in that very moment, this low place that we were in said unkind words to us. And in that one moment, we left the church. Left the church because that was a conflict. Left the church because uh, that, 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 that conflict uh, was part of our complaint, so we, we left. Now, now, we didn't leave the church because soon after, we went to join another church. Don't look at me like that because some of y'all, that might be your testimony. We we went to join another church, and, and, and what I learned very soon as I joined that next church is that there were complaints in that church too. Because, Will, anytime you have people, you're going to have problems, particularly when you have people from different cultures and dynamics and histories gathered together in one place because here's the reality. The early church was a multicultural reality. Multiculturalism in the church didn't start in this generation. No, in the first church it was there, but in the first church they had people and now you see in chapter 6 they had problems. Don't look at nobody right now. This is just, we're just having a family meeting here. I'm just trying to help you understand that anytime you're a part of a church, there will be times in which you'll hear complaints. Probably because you're a part of that church. <laughs> and complaints are, are not necessarily bad. Because sometimes the tragedy that we find in the church is that 
we oftentimes try to cover over complaints, try to ignore complaints, try to dismiss complaints, but that's not what we learned from the early church. I know what we learned from the early church is that they saw the complaint and they were honest about the complaint. They were honest about it. And as believers in Christ, if we're going to move from, from complaint to compassion, we must learn how to be honest about church complaints. One thing we learn is that what they did not do is equate the problem with the people. Come here. If you you read here, you don't see, Greg, anybody pointing fingers. You don't see anybody politicizing the complaint. You don't see anybody um, uh, saying that, that no, uh, it's their fault that this is happening. We see a complaint arose against the Hebrews because the widows were being neglected their daily distribution. Because in this context of the church, the early church, was made up of two majority uh, distinct people groups, if you would, the Hebrews and the Hellenistic um, widows, so the, the Hellenists and the Hebrews. The, the Hebrews were those who grew up in Palestine, grew up in the holy city. They knew the, the original language. They spoke Aramaic. They read from the Hebrew text. Get this, um, but the Hellenists grew up outside of Palestine. They were foreigners that were coming back in. I hope you see this now, that the early church is a group of people of different cultures, of different languages. In fact, they were, they were studying from different translations. And yet, by the power of God, their differences wasn't big enough to divide them from their love for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so they gathered together as one church uh, and a complaint arose. Okay, you're not with me just yet here. Uh, you see, it, it's, it's like God's power would be able to gather Texan fans and cowboy fans in the same place. You, you, you're not with me just yet here. It, it's God's power on display, like, like to see God take Astros fans and Rangers fans and put them in the same, you're not with me just yet. It, it's like to see the power of God take, take, take uh, Toro fans and, and Dynamo fans and, and put them in the same place. But let me tell you something about the power of God. The power of God is so good, they can take people of different spaces and places, put them in the same place, call them a church, and when people see it and wonder, how is it that this many people with this many backgrounds and this many differences are able to come together and be unified, you can tell them it's because of we're unified around the cross. We're unified around Jesus Christ. And even though we're unified around Christ, it doesn't mean we're vaccinated from complaints. Ah, but a complaint arises. Complaint arises and the church responds. Dr. L, you see this and, and we learn from it because what we see here is that when the complaint arose, what the church did, when you look at the text, is that they didn't ignore it. They didn't play the blame game about it. They addressed it. They addressed the complaints. And if we're going to be a church that moves from complaint to compassion, we have to be willing to see the complaint Check the source and see the significance. I'm I'm, I'm here. I need to work for a moment. Uh, Because the complaint was coming from brothers and sisters in Christ. The complaint was coming from 
members of the church. And so when you check the source of the complaint, credibility is given to the complaint because of who the complaint comes from. What am I saying, saints of God? Is that we got to do a better job of giving each other the benefit of the doubt at the body of Christ. So that when we see a complaint, we don't take every complaint personally. Because sometimes the complaint isn't personal, it's procedural. It's right there. Neglect was occurring. But it wasn't personal. They weren't being neglected because of their ethnicity. It just happened to be that as the church grew, the needs grew. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. Because Satan will get us to places where he wants us to be polarized against one another. Am I going too fast here? And God is calling us to be a church of unity together. That doesn't mean we won't have complaints in the community. Look at me. Listen, listen. you love the folk you live with. I hope you do. You love them and complaints arise even with them. Yeah, we must be honest about church conflict and complaints. But thirdly, if we're going to move from uh, complaint to compassion, we must seek to serve as part of the solution. That's what you see. The apostles, they, they hear the complaint, they see the complaint, give significance to the complaint, neglect what's happening, and there they gave a suggestion and the church became part of the solution. Uh, let me give you an example. Early 2020, early 2020, um, there was a problem that arose, not uh, just here in Acts. Uh, there was a problem that arose here at Church, Ch- Champion Forest Church, Jersey Village. Uh, I'm going to tell you about some, some, some church issues here. Early 2020, um, when COVID was just coming into the community, uh, there, there was uh, some individuals of our church community that were being overlooked because of the mandates uh, that was given by the county. And as a result of the mandates given by the county, some of our widows were being overlooked because they couldn't get out of their home and nursing spaces to be able to fellowship, to worship, and to be in community. So when this complaint arose... Gayla Stolenworth, you said you can be listening online. Gayla Stolenworth, Chuck, I think you're in here somewhere. Um, Gayla Stolenworth came to me and, and said, Pastor, we gotta, there, there's a problem. There's a problem because uh, there are some widows who are being neglected. They can't get out of their home. They can't uh, get out, out of their spaces. And she said, the Spirit of God is leading me to do something in way of a ministry. And because she wanted to be a part of the problem from her, the Holy Spirit birthed the man of ministry, we gave, which gives warm meals to widows in, who can't come to the fellowship. That started then, continues on now because she was willing to be a part of the solution when she identified the problem. Yeah. What we see here in the text is a church coming together to be a part of the solution. What did they propose? They proposed that seven men be selected from amongst the crowd. I hope you catch this because the solution is always amongst the community of believers. Seven amongst the crowd filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody was filled with the Spirit. They just said select seven who are filled with the Spirit and these men would attend to the affairs in the church. Don't miss this. Because sometimes when you read it, we try to, to, to cause a division between the ministries of the church. But what you see here in the early church is that the ministry of the church was both spiritual and physical. 
that there was no cathartic divide between the two. No, it worked as one ministry, but one, um, one group of leaders couldn't do everything in the ministry. I don't, don't get this thing twisted. The pastor can't do everything. The pastor can't see everybody. No, it takes all of us to be part of the ministry. So he says, choose seven, which is the precursor to the deacon ministry, the, the diaconite, and give them this ministry of service. And let me just pause for a moment and let you know something. I'm so grateful that God has blessed me to be able to be in ministry. There you are, Chuck, to be in ministry with deacons who are men of service. No, they're not on the stage. You don't see them on Sunday, but Sunday through Saturday, they continue to serve. This is what we see, the precursor of the deacon ministry happening here. In fact, you know what? With all of our deacons, can stand. If, if you're a deacon uh, and you're, you're in attendance today, would you stand? Would you stand if you're a deacon in the house? Would you help me thank God for men who have given their lives to serve the body of Christ? In fact, next Sunday, we'll be ordaining five new deacons to continue in this ministry of service. And you hear me say a ministry of service. Because what we see here about the church is that the church was, was mindful of all the holistic aspects of ministry. They were carrying on the ministry of Jesus Christ. If you remember, if you know, when Jesus ministered on earth while he was teaching on the side of a hillside to a multitude of people, 5,000 men, women, and children, when he saw them and he was feeding them spiritually, he noticed that they needed food uh, physically, and he didn't leave them to go on their own. No, he told the disciples, feed them. Type of say, we don't have enough to feed such a multitude. And then somebody came, found a little boy with a fish, uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. Jesus took it, and with it, he fed the entire multitude. Come here, saints of God. Don't fall into the, the, the whole system of thinking that there's some kind of, some kind of shift in our uh, gospel. No, our gospel is all inclusive, that the gospel that serves you and feeds you spiritually is also the gospel that leads the body of Christ to help physical needs in the community of faith. Ah, let me, let me hurry on so you can get you out of here. Oh, you got to get out of here. Okay, here it is. Um, we got to move, from, gotta move from, from complaint to compassion. The way we do that is that we must be involved in church growth. We must be involved. We must be honest about church conflict. We must serve as a part of the solution. This is what happens. Because the apostles bring before them the idea, the church agrees with the idea. I hope you see this partnership. And in the partnership, they were able to serve the church. Verse 5 says, it pleased the whole gathering, so they chose seven. And the apostles laid their hands on them, and these men were commissioned to service. But finally, saints of God, look at verse 7. It says, and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. Get this, that the world was watching as the church was handling the complaint so that the witness of the church led others to want to be a part of the church. See, our senior pastor, Jared, he often says uh, people are down on what they're not up on. I, I, I love the way he said that because I realize people are down about the church because they don't know enough about the church. But the reason they don't know enough about the church is because the people of the church are not spreading the good news that comes from the church. I'm right here in the text, y'all. 
Because if you're going to move from complaint to compassion, it's important that we seek to be witnesses of God's word. Don't you find it interesting in verse 7? Look, look again in verse 7. Don't you find it interesting? They said, and the word of God continued to increase. In verse 1, it said the disciples continued to increase. Verse 7, Luke equates the disciples with the word of God. Listen, we are supposed to be walking testimonies. That everywhere we go, we should be showing the word of God. Not just with our lips, but with our lives. That every place we go, we should be showing others what it looks like to be a believer in Christ. And, and I believe there's an area for us to grow right here. Right here, saints of God. Because the truth is, if we're honest, there are areas of our lives that we haven't fully surrendered to the word and the will of God. Can, can, can we be honest? So oftentimes when complaints arise, first thing we do is go to judgment instead of looking to be a part of the solution. But God is calling us as a church to be a better witness. And I want to ask you to stand all over the building. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.